a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. When you hear the phrase, people experiencing homelessness, what pops into your mind? Is that image negative and your feelings towards that group less than charitable? If they are, those are common reactions for sure. Uh, But what if I told you that what we think and what we know about the homeless population is often wrong? We're going to get into a deep dive think again. We always talk about thinking again on this program. Uh, We're going to dig a little deeper so we can better understand those experiencing homelessness. We're very pleased to be joined by Michelle Flynn, the executive director at The Road Home. And to me, this is one of those crucial conversations. And this is sort of a think again conversation. I think a lot of us develop uh, ideas over the years as to who, who those that are experiencing homelessness who they are, where they're from, what their choices have been, and there's so much more to it uh, that uh, we're really excited to have Michelle join us to help us think again about some of these things. Michelle, thanks for jumping on today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pleased to have this conversation with you. So there's, you've developed this wonderful uh, website as part of everything that The Road Home does that, uh, that we all love, but it's No Homelessness. Uh, K-N-O-W, nohomelessness.com, where we can actually come to know just a little bit better what this community actually looks like. What are some of the things that uh, you think people might be surprised about uh, when it comes to our our brothers and sisters out there who are experiencing homelessness? Yeah, I think it's really important to understand that people who are experiencing homelessness are just like people who are not experiencing homelessness. They come in all... Uh, different types and populations and families and children, as well as adults. And, uh, you know, I think one of the really key facts is that uh, most people don't stay homeless for very long, and uh, they are really just temporarily homeless due to some specific instance in their lives um, and them not having the kind of support network that could really catch them um, before they had to turn to the homelessness system. And I think that really helps tell the story about what we need to reduce homelessness in our community. Yeah, that was just a stunning number to me. 80% of people experiencing homelessness are, are just temporarily homeless just because of some some life event, event some uh, big challenge in employment or whatever it may be. Uh, I think that's yeah. that's so significant. Tell us about the homeless population as it relates to women and children. I think that's one everyone has genuine concerns about. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, about a third of the people that we provide a shelter to are actually families with children. Um, a lot more families and a lot more children are homeless, I think, than people realize. Again, these are most often people and families who stay uh, in homeless for a very short period of time and really just need that support. Um, you know, I think it, it's important to think about 
what we as a society believe people um, need. And, and we believe that all families deserve to be in housing and all children deserve a roof over their head. And so um, it's really a, a key fact for us to ensure that we have no, first of all, left unsheltered. And second of all, for, for those families that do become homeless, that we help them get back into their own home as quickly as possible. And we work closely with our sister providers, uh, those who help people who are fleeing domestic violence. We know that half of the women and children that we see in the homeless uh, system are fleeing from domestic violence. And so we need to make sure we're providing that safety that those families and those children need. Yeah, I know one of the things that... Uh... It is very easy, uh, whether you say it out loud or just think it as you drive past, uh, that, hey, you know, if you just get a job, if you just, you know, you're just being lazy or you're just you're just copping out. What do we actually know about the engagement level uh, of those facing homelessness? We have, you know, individuals who uh, many of the individuals who we serve are working, are working when they become homeless. About half of the people um, have been working coming into homelessness and while they are still, you know, experiencing homelessness, imagine living in a congregate shelter facility and needing, probably not having anything other than public transportation, trying to get up and get to work on time and do your full day and work with our team of services and to support to try and get into housing and access funding to pay for things like deposits and application fees to apply for apartments, there's a significant upfront cost to getting back into your own home. And so it's really challenging. And, and even for people who are working, and so many are, um, they, they work their jobs and then they work really, really hard to get back on their feet and into their own home. Yeah. And then finally, let's look at um, two groups that I think we often think about, uh, but I don't think we think about enough. Uh, and that is our veterans and then some of our LGBTQ youth. Uh, that are on the streets. Yes. For those people who are chronically homeless, and those are typically the ones that people think of, the individuals who are likely experiencing some mental health concerns, um, other types of behavioral issues, people who are sleeping outside or in and out of shelters are often doing that because of their mental health condition and, and the challenges they have coming in and engaging with others. About one in 10 of those individuals is actually a veteran. And it's really important that we prioritize and make sure that our veterans can access the resources that are available to them through the Veterans Administration. There are additional resources for health care, additional resources for housing. Here at The Road Home, we have a, a housing team that is specifically focused on veterans. And uh, no matter where a veteran is in our community, they will show up. Um, anybody can call and let them know, and we will work with that veteran to get them connected. One in 10 chronically homeless individuals is a veteran. And then LGBTQ youth, um, that is, you know, a very high risk factor for becoming homeless as a youth. youth. Um, only over 80% um, of LGBTQ youth who are experiencing homelessness are homeless because they were forced to leave their homes because of families that didn't support them. Um, and that is, is incredibly uh, traumatic for those individuals and those youth to not have that support of their family and to not know where to go, oftentimes living outside in abandoned buildings before they're connected with resources such as the youth shelter. And they need a lot of love and support and uh, really to, to get on their feet and, and think about these are individuals who don't have that family structure, but often haven't even really had much of a work history yet, have never rented an apartment on their own, 
and don't have that family to turn to. And so it's an incredibly vulnerable uh, portion of the population. Yeah, so important. All those things are just such eye-openers. You, you think you know something, and then you do have to think again. And I think between those that 80% just being temporarily uh, 45% having worked in the last 30 days uh, and on through what you've you've shared with us, Michelle. Let's talk quickly about uh, some of the things that we can do. Uh, how can we yes. be helpful? How can we engage? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think learning and listening and understanding uh, more about homelessness is key. Thinking about uh, using that information that you have to talk about it with others and share the knowledge so that some of these myths can be dispelled. Um, and talking to people who are experiencing homelessness, often it can be scary when you see someone who you think might be homeless. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for me to have a conversation with someone who says, you know, they haven't had a conversation with anybody in days or weeks or even months because people tend to turn away from them on the streets and, and that human connection is really important. Um, and learning uh, from people who are experiencing homelessness about what they've been through can really help that understanding. And then working with your elected officials to ask them what they're doing to help reduce homelessness and specifically what we see is this severe lack of affordable housing in our community, and that is really the last destabilizing factor that ends up uh, having people tumble into homelessness is just not being able to afford that rent or having other expenses that take priority and not being able to keep up on that rent. And so, uh, you know, really supporting that development and, and where it makes sense to have that investment in affordable housing as stability, not just for those families that are experiencing homelessness, but for our community as a whole. And it's a great thing to talk to your elected officials about. Oh, fantastic. Great insight as always. We appreciate all the efforts at the road home. Michelle Flynn's the executive director at the road home. And again, the website, you should check this out. This, this will make you rethink uh, everything. No K N O W no homelessness.com. Uh, the statistics are interesting, but more importantly, uh, Michelle, as you were saying, it's that connection that so many are, isolated and alone and the uncertainty and the stress that and the anxiety that creates is is just really part of the tragedy for sure thanks so much for joining us today and we'll uh, look forward to engaging and uh, making sure we're all engaged uh, in this critical issue in our community thanks for being with us today thank you so much i appreciate it always appreciate everything going on over at the road home and so many others who are involved in our community to help those facing that chronic homelessness uh, and homelessness of any kind and these are just vital conversations we have to get to. And often uh, when we look at that person, it's it's not what you think. Uh, there's a, a lot of uh, rethinking we need to do in terms of how we do that and how we approach uh, the best ways to help. Now, we're going to step aside for a quick bottom of the hour break. Uh, you don't want to go anywhere. We've been talking a lot about the Ukraine and Russia. And Ukraine and Russia, uh, the conditions on the ground, what are they like? Well, there's one Utah who has been in Ukraine It's the Utah County Attorney, David Levitt. He's going to join us live on the line from Amsterdam coming up after the bottom of the break. He has some incredible perspective in terms of what is happening in Ukraine and uh, what the people are thinking and where things are likely to go next. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. 
find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.